A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. My microphone is right here. Rita, on either side of the microphone are two screws. Tighten the screws and the microphone will face you. Yeah, I'm tightening them up. All right, now you can say you were screwed. Listen, Alan, this is a family show. (laughs) Who is going to be on our podcast today? Today we have Will and his mama. Will is the chief operating officer of iHeartRadio Podcasts. Oh, my God. We better really be good today. We're working with our bosses, okay? We have to be specially good today, Ellen. Listen, even a boss has a mama. Everybody has a mama. Grandma, Nana, you name it. Bobby. <laughs> Zeta. Nona. Right. Will, mama. I pulled Duke through again by one point. Beat that North Carolina so you can burn the benches. What a game. I hope you watched it. It was something else. But I pulled them through. Okay. Tell my sweet girl that we won it. Bye. Mama, while we're waiting, how did Duke look yesterday? Oh, Duke. Mm -hmm. They did great. They did their free throws. They really did great. Now, I like Georgia because I went to the University of Georgia. Yeah. But I like Duke because you went to Duke. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. So if you want to know about what Mamo likes, I like those grandkids. (laughs) (laughs) Now, your kids are okay, but the grandkids, now they're just really, really special, special, special. (laughs) It's true. My name is Will, and I'm joined by Nadine, more commonly known as Mama to those of us in the family or anyone else who knows her. She is 94 years old, and she lives in Birmingham, Alabama. I actually don't know the origin because I was the baby cousin in the family, so I just knew from day one that she was Mama. But it is not an uncommon name for grandmother in the Southeast. Will? Oh, he's just the best. I tell you what. I remember when he was born, he was the cutest little thing. And he's been that way all of his life, just so cute. 
Energy is the first word that comes to mind, and it's contagious. No matter what you're feeling like when Mama wants to do something, it's impossible to say no. When I picture Mama's house, the first thing I imagine is candy. We each have our favorite candies that she knows she needs to put out, whether it's peanut M&Ms for one of my cousins, whether it's, yes, the disgusting circus peanuts. I will confess, I love circus peanuts. I understand that other people find them disgusting, but Mama knows that I like them. And so she always has very stale circus peanuts, which are when they're at their best, if we're being honest. She's done this my entire life, and I love it. I remember when I taught him to swim, I thought, now, you know, he's just really good at this. And he got really good and dive off the diving board and the high diving board. I thought, this little boy's gonna do a lot of things. He's just real sharp. He and his buddy, Mango, decided to do a magazine. They got the magazine and published it. She's talking about mental floss. Yeah, it was a great magazine. They had a lot of fun doing it. Later, he went to iHeartRadio. So I think he hangs out there some now. I think he likes that company. It's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it is pretty good, Mamma. Mamma taught him a lot. And Mamma did modeling, and I taught him how to model. So that's why it's so cute. <laughs> that's why it's so good looking. <laughs> Mama was always a unique grandmother. She was always moving at a pace faster than all of us. There was always an energy that to this day puts all of us to shame. Like, I really believe that if you told her she was going to get out there on the golf course today with some, you know, LPGA professional golfers, she would see no reason why she couldn't jump out there and just compete with them, right? That's just because she believed she could. Well, we never did tell them about me taking you a little dog to school. Tell them about that, Mama. When you wanted to do something, you didn't ask permission. You just did it. He was in school, and I took him a little shepherd dog. He named it Sports. Fittingly, the dog's name was Sport, which felt right for a dog from Mama. <laughs> so I was in third grade, I think. Yeah. <laughs> My parents had no idea about this, and Mama pulls up to the <laughs> elementary school with a Shetland sheepdog and just straight up walks in the school <laughs> during the middle of lunch. And of course, all the kids just go wild because here's this puppy. But that kind of summarized Mamaw. So you didn't tell Mamaw no. And so we just had a puppy after that. It was a very sweet dog. Well, see, that's what Mamaws do. Oh, I loved it. I oh. just loved it. Oh, that was it. wonderful. Is that adorable? 94, the mind and the mouth are terrific, and that southern accent, it just gets me. And can you imagine the inspiration she gives these grandkids? Her energy, her outlook, her free spirit, terrific. I loved everything except that he's a dookie, because I come from... Three generations of Tar Heels. I know, I know, but you gotta love her. Even if she went to Yeshiva, Ellen, if she went to Yeshiva University, you would love her. She's got that kind of a personality. <laughs> Rita, you know, she is very, very much like many of the grandmothers that I met when I used to go down and visit my in-laws in North Carolina. There's something very special about Southern grandmothers. They have no filter. There's a Jewish expression, Vos is often long is often sung. 
And that means what's in your heart is on your lips. On your lung is on your tongue. That's how these Southern grandmothers are. Terrific. Listen, I'm going to be 92, and I wish I'll have our energy if I ever get to 94. If you don't, I'll have to kill you. Well, we'll at least finish our grandmother podcast. I promise I will be here as long as I can. If I was a mammal, I'll be here. What energy and what inspiration. And it's so cute the way he really enjoys everything. He loves her. That love has a sound. It's so sweet. Oh, God. And now that I heard it, what is mental floss? I heard of it, but I don't know how I heard of it. Listen, I have a son-in-law, a dentist, and my daughter, the dental hygienist. No, not dental floss. Mental floss. That's all I know is dental floss. I don't know anything about mental floss. I have nothing to clean out up here. (laughs) Oh, God. We learn something every day. And if we can remember it for the next day, we're very lucky. (laughs) Learning it is one thing, remembering it is another. (laughs) Okay, we're ready with part one. Most outstanding lady pilot. I can't wait to hear this. This looks like a woman that can do anything and everything. One of my favorite things about you, Mama, is you've always decided if there was something you wanted to do, you just did it. Yeah, I don't know. I just decided to model, and I modeled everywhere. (laughs) Then I decided to want to fly airplanes. So I took lessons and learned to fly, and then I learned a banjo. Oh, and I played the piano. I took lessons, and I love singing. And Will has a beautiful voice. When he was in school, you sang a solo, and it was really pretty. Well, thank you. And Penny Rose has a beautiful voice. She does. Do you have any favorite songs that you like to sing? One of them I liked so well and I did so well was the National Anthem. I can do that one just about perfect. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I've heard you sing it before. What made you decide you wanted to go learn how to fly and be a pilot? I just thought the sky is so beautiful up there and it is when you get up there flying around it's so pretty up there. And I thought, I believe I want to go try that out. The one that taught me to fly taught the Blue Angels and Thunderbirds, and he was great. He said, you don't ever have to worry about flying because I taught you to fly. So my husband, Charlie Rose. Just to clarify, we are talking about my grandfather, Charlie Rose, not the Charlie Rose that everyone might have known from television. He got back and he said, what are you doing? I said, I'm learning to fly. What? I said, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Well, I think I'll go up there to the airport and see what you're checking into. And he said, you know what? That's the most fun thing I've ever done in my life. I love flying. (laughs) You got pretty good at it, didn't you? Oh, yeah. We got in the Civil Air Patrol, hunted down to aircraft at any time, day, night, And I got most outstanding lady pilot for Alabama twice. The one reason is we found a guy at Lake Martin. His plane went down in the lake, and I knew how to find him, so we found him. So that's how I got most outstanding lady pilot. Were you scared the first time you ever flew? No, 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 no. I wanted to go fly. It was Mm -hmm. great. You just land that airplane, just zip. It's just great. Mm -hmm. Bunch of fun. Never scared. You were fearless. And then you get up there in the sky, and it's so pretty. I know this one instructor said, Nadine, I'm going to fly with you today. I said, come on. Well, we're going to do some different 
turns and spins and stuff. I said, you're going to do what I'm going to do. You're flying with me, and come on. So we went flying all around. Next day, I was home fixing my face to go to the airport, and they called me and said that that instructor died that day. He oh dear. was in with a student, and the student crashed the plane and killed him. Now, that's tragic. Did that make you scared to fly anymore? No, 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 no. It's just an accident that happened. Yeah. She is amazing. 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 The mind, the energy. Me, I I get on a commercial plane and I'm holding the sides and then she becomes a pilot with no fear, with such confidence. I thought I was terrific because I could drive a stick shift. I'm calling Jeff Bezos and he's got the astronaut that goes into the sky. She's got to be one of his passengers. She's unbelievable. Unbelievable. She is terrific and she should have, there's an expression, till 120, right? 150 years, my mother used to say. That's right. 150 years. And that southern accent, that gets me all the way. It's just so infectious. It's really cute. I think that men who are married to women like that sort of go along with the flow, and it sort of gives them permission to do these things. She's the kind of a woman, it doesn't matter if her husband agreed or disagreed. She's going to do what she's going to do no matter what. If he didn't like it, he wouldn't fly. But she's infectious. She brings all these things into a person's life, and you go along with it. I mean, see how the woman lives. She's doing something right, that's for sure. She's very, very tough. Absolutely. We have to thank Will for letting us listen to him and his relationship with Mamua. It's really special. It's very special. Made my day. Got to be one of my favorites. We have to take a break now because I'm getting a permanent dent in my head from these headphones. I feel like iHeartRadio should pay for us to go to the beauty parlor after having these headphones on all day. It's worth it. Anything is worth it for our Call Your Grandmother podcast. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, And then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. 
And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, A military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm back. And my dentist fixed, but now I'm putting the headphones on again. And here we go again with a brand new dent. Part two, lingerie for doctors. Ellen, this sounds intriguing. Somehow I have a feeling that she designed a line of lingerie or something. She does everything else. She could be doing that too. Oh, who knows? Maybe she's starting med school. It could be. Mamma, you always dressed so well, and all of my friends in high school would always comment on it because you'd always have some sort of leather or something like that on that looked really good, and they called you Leather Mamma. Do you remember this? <laughs> I started to wear a leather jacket today that's so pretty. St. John. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've always liked getting dressed up and being very fashionable. Have you been like that your whole life? Well, see, that's how I got into modeling, (laughs) because I liked it so well. I love shorts, shorts and bathing suits. (laughs) I modeled lingerie for doctors. (laughs) The the doctors wanted to see the outfits for the women, and I modeled lingerie for them. (laughs) That was fun. (laughs) Were you at the doctor's office for this? No, the doctors came to a place in Coleman. Oh, we had an all steak there that was famous, and they had a big place upstairs. Sort of like a doctor's convention or something. So the doctors came to the restaurant to watch the modeling. (laughs) Got it. You remember the all steak restaurant? Of course I do. They're famous for their orange rolls. It was much fun. (laughs) I'm a member of the International 99 Lady Pilots. 
and I modeled bathing suits for the International 99 Convention for the ladies. <laughs> what do you like about modeling, and what do you think makes you good at it? It was just fun. They'd just say, give her the runway. She don't even need any instructions. <laughs> I just like to model. Well, how did you get into it at first? Just people asked me to model because they thought I did so well on it. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He knows how to model. <laughs> She's just saying that. He's modeling She's... good. <laughs> Am I? You watch him walk. He's good at it. <laughs> I didn't know that my fancy walk came from you, Mama. I should have yeah. known that all along. That is so this cute. This woman is a piece of work. She is absolutely the most adorable. I would love to be her friend. What kind of doctors are those that go to see lingerie? Kind of weird. I don't know if I would go to that kind of a doctor. It frightens me a little bit. Such busy doctors, they got time to go see a woman modeling lingerie? I don't know. Let's put it this way, if that restaurant was exactly kosher. I don't know. I don't know. But I would love to see her today. I bet you she's stunning. Wouldn't you love to go to lunch with her, Rita? Absolutely. We're going to have to speak to Will and have her come to New York City. And we all have to go down to visit with her. What else can we expect from her? I think that she is a woman of many parts and that we are going to be surprised over and over and over again. Right, we're only up to part three and we're shocked. Part three, the white horse. Ellen, guaranteed she's an equestrian of a white horse. Well, so far she's flown a plane and she's modeled and she brought a dog to school. So I don't know where that horse was. That horse is coming into the picture. Listen, for all we know, she was in the Olympics with the horse show. You never know. (laughs) I don't know what to expect from her, but we're going to see. We've always talked about how you believed you could do anything and had a positive outlook on life. Where do you think that came from? I was born in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Then... My mother and daddy separated, so I was with my grandparents. And grandma was a lot like this, Flora Bell Bookout. She went to New York and took piano lessons, and she loved the Bible. She read that Bible through and through and through and through. She was great. She was a real funny person. Yeah. And Grandpa Bookout was a lot like that. He had a lot of land, and we had a grocery store, a filling station, an amusement park. We had a little motel, too, yeah. We even had races there and had entertainers to come into the place and sing, dance, and what. And that's where I grew up. Now, did you work there? Oh, sure. I worked in the grocery store and go fill up the car and old-fashioned store and station. Yeah, that's pretty neat. That's a long time ago. I remember you telling me about the property there, about you having a white a horse. horse, right? Yeah, I liked that horse a lot. I came down the highway on that horse riding it, but I was in a hurry going down the highway, and there's a big old bus coming by, and I, I gave him a little kick, and he threw me off. Well, I had two brothers. One of them was Jim. Jim said, well, she's dead. Well, I wasn't dead. I didn't die, but I was upset with that horse. (laughs) Yeah. Did you ride it again after that? Of course I did. (laughs) (laughs) So you talked about Charlie Rose, who was my grandfather. We called him Papa. What was it that made you like him so much? He was one of the finest people that you'll ever meet. In fact, 
Will is a lot like him, and so is his daddy. And he was just a fine person, real intelligent person. Everybody loved Charlie Rose. <laughs> he died in 1990 with Harrisville leukemia. We went to La Jolla, California, and they said they cured it, but we got home, and seven days later, he is dead. So mm, yeah, that's not a very good thing to catch. <laughs> Yeah, it was a tough time for sure. Papaw was kind of a larger-than-life figure in all of our lives. It was definitely a period of shock and, of course, great sadness, but also a thankfulness for everything that we'd gotten to experience with Papaw. Do you remember when you first started going on dates with him? What was that like? He went to school at Georgia, and he came to my school to teach and to coach the basketball team, and I was on the basketball team. Well, my granddaddy says... I don't know about that little guy that's coming to see you. I don't know about that guy. (laughs) His daddy gave him a brand new little car, and he came flying in that little car, and Grandpa thought, well, he's a prissy little thing, you know, come flying in there. (laughs) Yeah. Brand new car, and... Young guy out of college. (laughs) I get it. He probably just didn't quite trust him at first. Did he end up liking him? How did Papa win him over? Oh, yeah. He liked him after a while. (laughs) He was always the funniest person. Just real fun. Papa had a habit of, because they lived out in the country, he just decided when he got home, he would wear nothing but his underwear. And so he just, whether he was outside, inside, wherever. So people would pull up to visit and there he would be in his underwear. And so I decided I would do the same thing. And so we just played outside doing that and just had a blast. (laughs) Papa was pretty cute. He was hilarious. We just fell in love and really had a good time together all the years we were together. Oh, what a nice background Will is coming from. It's a real love story. From beginning to end, this has been a love story. And could you just see him walking outside in his underwear? I mean, what a nice heritage he has. Yes, I was thinking the same thing. I think this is a wonderful family. Really, they live. They savor their lives. And everything. Could you see her with the white horse running down? It reminds me of that movie with... Sandra Bullock riding away on a horse every time she'd ride away on a horse to get married. Oh, that was the runaway bride or something. Exactly. But so I could just see Mama on this white horse running away. Oh, my God. She's so special. Well, she's 94. She's not that much older than you. I'm not riding a horse and I'm not flying in a plane. That's for sure. If I go on the M4 bus on Broadway, that's as adventurous as I'm getting. (laughs) Or, Or in an Uber. My white horse is called Uber. <laughs> and mine is called Accessorize. <laughs> That's right. After the horse threw her off, she got back on the horse. Well, I think that that's the story of her life. That's right. That she always got back on the horse. You get back on the white horse. That's right. a good thing. Get back on the white horse. That's my new motto. Part four, banana pudding for Michael Jordan. Do you think she cooked banana pudding for Michael Jordan? Unbelievable. Maybe she decided she wanted to bring him something to fatten him up. Probably when he was at Carolina. Ellen, she could fly her plane to wherever he was and (laughs) give him the banana pudding. Anything is possible with Mamor. None of us were allowed to grow up without learning how to swim. No! 
Why was that so important to you? I learned to swim in a creek with my brothers. And then later, I was a certified swim instructor, and I taught everybody to swim. Never did charge anybody a penny, but just wanted everybody to swim. You've kept swimming your whole life. You participated in the Senior Olympics. Oh, I won seven or eight of those <laughs> for the state. <laughs> Do you think it helped you, Mama, with the guys that you were so interested in sports? Probably so, because I was pretty good at it. <laughs> but girls like sports, too. <laughs> yep, you've always taught us that. When I was a kid, our minor league baseball team here is called the Birmingham Barons, and you were one of their biggest fans. I know it. I fixed ice cream and banana pudding everything for those Barons, and they loved it. I remember when Michael Jordan came. Yeah, this was in his two-year break from playing basketball. Yeah, yeah. So the Chicago White Sox have a minor league team in Birmingham, and so he came to play for the Birmingham Barons, and that is, of course, Mama's team. And I liked Michael a lot. I met his children, and... Michael and I were pretty good buddies. It was funny because Michael Jordan would pull up and have a parking space that I'm not kidding was a few spaces down from Mama's. And then you just see them talking as he was walking into the stadium. She'd be there early because she'd be preparing some of the meals before the game. And it was pretty cute, this tiny older lady with Michael. And I really do believe that he would probably remember Mama even this many years later. His wife and children was so nice. They had come into the stadium with me. And so I sent him some stuff when he went to another place, and he really thanked me. In fact, the newspapers and the magazines came to talk to me about him. Speaking of which, I don't know if you remember this, Mama, but when you were at a Barons game one time, they had a contest to see who could bark the loudest to win yeah. some free dog food. You won the dog food, but the best part about it was you didn't have a dog at that point. I and know so you it. came home with all this dog food. I don't know what I did with the dog food. <laughs> <laughs> so the only team I can think of you liking more than the Barons would be Duke basketball. Oh, I like them, and Coach K is so nice. In fact, I'd send some instructions to the daughter to tell the team how to play. <laughs> And she said Coach K had listened to everything I said. What was some of your advice to them? Well, I'd just tell them to practice. When I sang solos, my instructor told me to practice, practice, practice. And wait a minute, you practice some more. You'll never make a mistake. You'll do it perfect. So I told the team that, practice mm -hmm. those free throws and then you'll do great. <laughs> mm -hmm. You can lose your game on those free throws. I think it was maybe last year he called and wished me happy birthday on my birthday, Coach K did. <laughs> he did. I thought that was pretty neat. Mama, it's Coach K. Happy 93rd birthday. Holy mackerel. Happy birthday. Mamaw's approach to celebrities is the same as it would be with anyone. Like, it's a fearlessness. And I love this. We should all be like this. She's a larger-than-life character, and so when you meet her, you can't help but want to chat with her. We were at a charity event one time, and Charles Barkley was there across the room, and Mamaw decided she wanted to go meet Charles Barkley. And we thought, well, Mamaw, he's very busy. There's a lot of people over there talking to him. Let's see if we can make that happen later. 
And I swear it was like we turned our backs. She's across the room in front of the line of everybody else, arms literally around his neck. This man is, you know, probably six foot seven. He's a tall guy and she's not. She's probably five, three, five, four. And she has her arms wrapped around his neck. He's leaning over. They're basically face to face. That's just always been the way she worked. Oh, my goodness. Everything she does, there's an expression, he fells from. He gets joy of seeing her do these things yes, that are so yes. unusual. He appreciates it. Can you imagine? She's telling Coach K, practice, practice, practice. She's an influence on whomever she meets. How many kids could say my grandmother made a banana pudding for Michael Jordan? A hundred percent. All right, I'm taking off the headphones. I have to fix my hair because I'm going to walk my dog and maybe I'll meet a neighbor. Rita, it's a look. It's definitely a look. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then... Fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. 
the war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're back. Doggies walked. We're ready to go. And another dent. And now we have come to the last part, part five. Just do it. Oh, I'm so sorry. This is the last part. I could go on with her forever. Yes, so could I. But let's just do it, Ellen. There was something I was thinking about that was a little bit unrelated to all of this. So you remarried. You remarried a man named Jim, one of my favorite people. If you remember, at Christmas one year, you gave Jim a very special gift that was in a frame, and all the grandkids were there when you gave Jim this special portrait. Do you remember this? I have one in the bathroom now, and it is a real nice portrait. It is nice. When she and my mom were at a museum, there was a nude, and she thought this was so interesting, and she asked my mom if my mom thought nudes were appropriate. This was when my grandmother was in her 70s, and so my mom says, yes, that's appropriate, of course, thinking about, like, an artist. So fast forward to Christmas Eve, and we're all sitting around opening gifts and everything, and she hands this gift to Jim. And Jim opens it up, and his face turns beet red. And we're like, Jim, show us what it is. And Jim just looks at us. He's like, no. And we were like, Jim, come on. And he shakes his head again. And Jim, turn it around and show us. And so he finally turns it. And it is a nude portrait of my grandmother holding a sun hat over her breast. Can you describe it? What is it like? It's just a picture of me with a black thing across it and shows your arms and all. It's this real pretty picture. Mm -hmm, I'll mm -hmm. show it to you when you go home. Yeah, I know. I remember it. But just think, what would I like to do tomorrow? Hey, let's go do it. I don't care if it's raining, snowing, sleeting. Let's go do it anyhow. Don't let little things bother you like that. Just do what you want to do. I do think a lot of that inspiration played into the way that her grandkids have all tried to live our lives, whether yeah. people starting a company, whether in the case of Mangesh and me starting mental floss and feeling like there's no reason we shouldn't go try to do this, even if we have no experience in starting a media company, even if we're college kids. Just do whatever you <laughs> want to do. <laughs> as long as you're not hurting anybody. Just ask God to help you. <laughs> we're not smart enough to know what all to do, so... We need some help. Thank you, Mamaw. I see some money here. I guess that's for you. Maybe that's your payment for doing this <laughs> podcast, Mamaw. I'd, I'd say put it in your pocket while nobody's looking. <laughs> so I love you so much, and I'm so glad you were willing to spend some time with us today. Well, I sure enjoy being with y'all. I really do. Thank you, Mamaw. I'm going to come upstairs. This is fun. It's a lot of fun. This was oh a gift. Oh, my goodness. This was a gift. I have tears in my eyes. 
I think that this young man has the most glorious memories of this woman who obviously has shaped his life in a lot of ways. You know, it reminds me, not not that I'm ever, ever going to compare myself to her, but the one thing I always try to say is, don't say no. Whatever life has to offer, take advantage of it, because that time may never come around again. That's true. And that's why they're all successful. I mean, if you follow her way, just do it. Have confidence in yourself. And if you want to swim, practice, play ball, practice. And you know what? With that attitude, you never saw rejection. You can't reject a person like that. There's such a love and a joy in her way if she's living You have to accept it, and that's why everybody loves her. Just listening to it was such a happy time. A hundred percent. I agree. I'm hoping he'll keep this podcast. No, this is going to be a treasure for him. And you know what? It's going to be a treasure for me. When I feel down in the dumps, life is here to live, and she certainly has lived an unbelievable, beautiful life. To the fullest. Don't you have nude pictures in the bathroom? Not of me. I have a little nude picture that says bath on it. Because if I didn't have that picture, they would be peeing on my clothes in the closet. Yeah, but Rita, it's not you. No. My picture of nudity you would never get to see. I don't even look in the mirror. When I was young, I was okay. But now, you know, pardon me, the boobs are hanging. 92, nothing is perky. I just don't look. (laughs) I just don't look in the mirror, that's right. I don't look anymore. I only have a mirror that shows from the face up. That's That's me. I look at my face when I put my makeup on, and that's it. So, hey, Mama, there's the big awards every year, and this podcast called Call Your Grandmother was nominated as one of the best podcasts. Isn't that neat? Who was? This show that you're on right now was nominated as one of the best shows. Oh, I like that. Call Your Grandmother is a production of iHeart Podcast Network and Superb Entertainment. Our lead producers are Sheena Ozaki and Nora C.B., Executive producers are Meryl Poster, Nikki Etor, and Anna Stumpf. Our managing producer is Lindsay Hoffman. Mastering by Bahid Frazier. Our theme song is by Anna Stumpf and Hamilton Lighthouser. What else do you like to watch or read or those kinds of things? Oh, like some of the Hallmark movies are good. They're about the best ones, I think. They took them off the station for a while and... I had a fit about it, so they put them back on, so they're on all the time now. What did you do to get them back on? I called them. I called the stations. I said, you're going to lose a lot of people if you don't put those back on, so. (laughs) Listen to Call Your Grandmother on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget, leave us a glowing five-star review. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday.
Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 